Hey everybody, we're keeping what is up? the music short because I had to pull it off an old show because my iPad died tonight. Oh no. So I'm playing it off my, Olivia on my laptop, my MacBook Pro, uh, and I don't have the actual file saved on there, so I just pulled up an old, but you know. You know people, Way to improvise. People pay, well they're not paying anything, but people come to the show to hear the voice, not the music. No, we've had compliments about the music. We did. We got an email, by the way. I think it's our first email ever. And it Whoa. just said, cheese show. <laughs> <laughs> the next show should be the cheese show, I think they wanted. All um, right. We'll make it work. I can't make it. I don't. I can't talk about retro. I can't. I don't have enough retro things. I mean, it's got to be a spinoff. About cheese? Well, I mean, I could talk no, about. No, we'll find a We can find a way. We're yeah. going to do a horse show. <laughs> the equestrian episode. Yeah, I'll give equine. you a list of, of options. I'll expand your mind on, on what you can, how you can talk about horses. There's plenty out there. Uh, that's and, and, and if you stretch, the, you know what you know what a horse is. That scene in know. Chasing Amy where he says, and sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, I like the idea of a girl and a horse. Perfect. That's a topic right there. That's 1995, right there. It's... All you have to do is talk about a horse. Uh, okay, so today we are talking about uh, board games. We're doing a second sequel. We, our first sequel is Fast Food. That seemed pretty well received. And people seem to like when we talked about board games. And there's, a, there's fucking enough of them to talk about another, at least a few more shows. But Yeah, I came up, I had my list and uh, uh, Mrs. Squeezer made some requests. I'm like, you know what, maybe we'll do it in board game three. And if I think there's anything people love more about our childhood is rehashing it a second time around, you know, well, in 2018, because that's what we do. Rehashing uh, the, the past is what this show is all about. And um, there's no news because uh, I just I've been working every hour of every day. So I don't know what's going on in the world or, you know, uh, I saw. Isle of Dogs last night with Enchantress, Wes Anderson, fantastic movie. It's stop yeah. motion if you, if you get a chance to see it. Go see it. Really charming. I mean, it's Wes Anderson. Of course, it's charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're go- or Obviously, next week, we're going to see um, Avengers. And uh, so we'll have that to talk about But in two weeks. Is that really next week already? Next Thursday, yeah. Week from tomorrow. Wow. And then maybe next Tuesday, we might try to see Super Troopers 2. We'll see. I don't know. We'll that sounds like fun. Yeah, we so uh, we get to a lot of movies in Chantress and I. She's a fan, and I'm a fan. So, nice. You know, they nice for you. Tuesdays are cheap, so five dollar movies. You yeah. get, there's a bar in the movie theater. We did have a little sad piece of news. We lost someone that was pretty oh, much in my living room for most of my childhood. Right. I wasn't a big night court guy. No. No, no. I mean, oh, I knew I it existed, it. and I knew Tracy Morgan. Paid to recreate it for Kenneth, but <laughs> Tracy Jordan, I mean. Uh, but that's all I know about it, really. Yeah, yeah. Harry Anderson, he was, you guys starting Cheers doing his, uh, his basically his magic act on Cheers, and then that got him the gig on Night Court, which ran for nine seasons. Man. I never watched Cheers either. I was a Seinfeld kid. 
uh, and Living Color, and then I graduated. I, I, we started out on Fox. I watched Simpsons and Married with Children, which got me into a Living Color. And then someone was like, I was like, just, it was a Thursday. I was in Catholic school. And they're like, did you watch Seinfeld last night? I was like, no, I watched in Living Color. And they're like, are you fucking stupid? Watch Seinfeld. So I was like, oh, I got to watch Seinfeld. And I was in its like third season. So I started watching Seinfeld. You could, uh, you could have just watched it on demand after in Living Color. What? This is this we're talking like nineteen ninety four or five. You can watch. There was no on uh, demand. Then you just have two TVs? No, I just I set my V two splitters. Well no, no, I set the VCR downstairs to record in living color and then I'd watch Seinfeld Live. And like I remember the what, first what time. If you, what if you want what if you wanted to watch something on, on Se- Seinfeld a second time or what if you had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the show? What did you do? You waited for commercials. How did we survive? You you just did. <laughs> but you oh, like TV was just something existence. you'd watch. Like you'd just have it on. So like if you had to live through like ten episodes of happy days because you wanted to see if your school was going to have off tomorrow <laughs> on the weather channel. You know, you did. And, and I, I, I vividly remember doing that. And on Sundays after, <coughs> after, um, uh, championship wrestling came on syndicate, the syndicated wrestling show, you know, you would have the star treks, uh, next, next generation. You'd have a couple of romp appeal infomercials. You'd have a Baywatch. Well, I used to, I used to record the Ron Popeil infomercials so I could watch them when they weren't on. Oh, hey, you, but you just lay downstairs and you'd watch TV. There wasn't like, oh, I'm going to pause it or, oh, I'll watch it on demand or, oh, I'm going to binge this. You binged a channel. <laughs> you didn't binge a show. Uh, so binging is nothing new. Someone laying their fat ass in front of the TV for hours on on day, they're, uh, they're, they're acting like it's it's something new. And, um, you know, from, I think, the dawn of television, even radio, I think binging was a thing. Well, uh, just in the past, you were relying on the programming of others, not your own personal feed. Well, yeah. I mean, we used to just lay, lay, sit around a campfire while some old guy with a beard used to tell us something. So We? Yeah. Not me. Not we. You did. We? Uh, no, as a people. Actually, yeah, I did do that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Oh, you're talking about yeah, back in no, back no, in the days. us as a, I'm I'm talking a about us as a species. That's a, that's what we did. I'm reading, uh, but yes, I also did. I did do that as well. Of course, you just, did. You know. I'm I'm reading Crichton's like latest book, even though he's 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 passed. It's a pus, pus, posthumous, pus, posthumously, posthumously published novel that he wrote posthumously. in the seventies. Posthumously, like a possum. Possum. You're playing possum, so it's like I call the big one bitey. <laughs> so it's like when you're you're dead, but stuff stuff still coming up, like Tupac. Oh, he was playing possum. He was released posthumously. I don't think. <laughs> is that what it means? It <laughs> is that where it came from? Is that is that? I that? hope you know what I really hope it does. Is that the etymology of it? Um. All right. Let's let's start the show, uh, with my first pick, and. That would be 
Well, it's heard about this new game called Splat. I hate when that happens. Oh, we love it. Splat, splat, splat and bugs is where it's at. Splat. That wasn't so bad. That was. The game Splat. You make bugs in the bugomatic. Don't splat my bug. If you don't want your bugs to get splatted, you got to be the first to get them to safety. Splat and bugs is where it's at. Splat. I hate when that happens. Oh, we love it. Splat from Milton Bradley. So, <laughs> we had this game uh, when I was a kid. My sister got it, and, you know, of course, she'd get this game, and she had no friends, so she made us play with her. But this one was pretty fun. It came with four cans of Play-Doh, each a different color, and, and then this little, like, uh, which they called the Bugomatic. so it was this little uh, a stamper that, that made your game pieces out of Play-Doh. So each color mm-hmm. would get, like, four or five bugs, and your goal was, it, w- it was a, a, s- a simple maze game, you know, uh, you had to follow a path, and you pulled cards to see what you did next and rolled dice. So, uh, and there was this giant hand, and if another player would get like, oh, if you landed on a certain spot or another player would draw a card, he could splat your bug. And if you can, the, the winner was the one who would get to the end with the most bugs. Uh, so your goal was to try and get the most bugs to the finish line. So there, it, was, it was really fun. And you you made a whole big production out of splatting, you know, your brother, your sister's bug. Like, um, you know, you'd be, well, you, you would dramatize it. Yeah, add yeah. A little like, triple axel to into the air, slam it down, splat, like Play-Doh flying everywhere. You know, nowadays you'd pull out your iPhone and shoot it in 240 frames to really see the drama behind it. The, the splatting? Yeah, the splat. Uh, so it was a fun game, um, you know, and if the Play-Doh dried up, you could just use fucking Play-Doh. You, you weren't yeah. beholden to the game the game uh, supplies. It didn't actually come with Play-Doh. It came with a molding. non-toxic <laughs> molding compound, oh which, by the way, was toxic, but still. <laughs> non-toxic, yet toxic uh, molding compound, uh, which was essentially Play-Doh that wasn't as good as Play-Doh and kind of was brittle, and you realize that if you start using Play-Doh, it'd hold up better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this game was fun. And I don't know why uh, it didn't have a life to it. But um, like, how does a game like Clue or a game like Monopoly last forever, but Splat is dead on the table after like 1994? Well, I, I, I think a lot of it might have to do with some adult appeal too. Like, you're not going to have like a, a, you know, you're not going to see many adults playing Splat. Yeah, but like, but they will play Monopoly, for, you know. See, I I call bullshit on that because if we had Splat, uh, Enchantress and I would be downstairs trying to get, like our our thing is when we have people over, anybody over, we try and get them either to play. We have the you don't know Jack pack on our PS4, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But we try to get them to play one of our board games. We buy a lot of weird board games from Target. So fuck, man, Splat would be right up there. Yeah, but I mean, if mm-hmm. I could play, you know, Monopoly by myself, I would. I have. <laughs> uh, same with I'm still trying to figure out how to play Risk by myself because no one wants to bother playing Risk with me. I would play Risk with you, but we don't have enough time to barely record a podcast. How are we going to have time to record Risk or play Risk? We can record Risk the podcast. So we could just record us playing Risk? Well, that's kind of like ripping everyone else off on YouTube, so we got to find another way to do it, add a little more flair. Maybe if we get real armies... And attack each other, what if uh, we, but what Napoleon if we, did that too. So it's sk- already been done. <laughs> what if Jesus. we skyped it? Like you bought a board, I bought a board, 
We skype like video like long distance chess, right? But with as, as you make a move, I make the according the uh, according. Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. The according. I, I move went to a on my board D two state school, so <laughs> on my board. Could someone teach us English one day? Uh, how does talking work? <laughs> how am talking? Do I? Uh, so I, I'll like I'll make the corresponding. All right, with I the got internet. the word. I got the word. Shut up, everybody. Shut up. I make the corresponding move on my board. Ooh, yeah, there we go. Did you use the internet for that, or no? Just it just came to me. So I'm gonna be owed nice. two quarters next time you see me. Awesome. No, this is the problem with the internet. You and I should not have microphones in front of us and no, be able to transmit no. this to the world. Right. We shouldn't have as many people as we do listening to us either and telling us good job afterwards. Yes. Yeah, so stop <laughs> doing that. Yeah, please. No, we're kidding. Rate and review us and make us say nice few. things. Say nice things. Because we, ve- we, ve- we are very, very fragile. God, I couldn't even fucking say that. <laughs> All right. So, yes, we'll figure out a way to Skype play Risk one day. Until then... What's your pick for your first? Oh, well, you're not you're not the only one with a Play-Doh game. Oh, there's more. It's the greatest <laughs> game. Make em, take them to the back study. Smash em, mash em, not a history. A little, and now you're yeah. a little out of shape. That's the way you do it when you play the Great Escape. The Great Escape game. Race through the crazy jam factory without getting sliced, pushed, mashed, or mushed. Hey, this is fun. I'm almost done. Maybe you want yeah. to too late. That's the way you do it when you play the Great Escape. Mine had a catchier song. Yeah, and, and I remember this game from a kid. I, I it couldn't have been Milton Bradley because I think it was expensive. And my parents it was were, it was Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers. Yeah. Was it expensive? There was a lot of features to it, right? I don't know if it was expensive. It was. Well, it had. There was. No, it wasn't. Like it. It didn't have a, as much going on as you would think. It wasn't like Mousetrap with like thirty different things. There was only four mechanisms. So you had there was a scissors that right. would like cut your guy in half. Then there was a boot that would stomp him. Uh a uh a saw that would saw him in half and like a roller that would crush him. So it was kind of like this masochistic homicidal Rube Goldberg machine. And so you would roll die and you would move the corresponding moves and then turn the crank and if you were in that you know, position the machinery would sometimes mangle your little clay Play-Doh little grape guy. Um, like sometimes the scissors would it wouldn't really cut him in half. I mean, it, this was like powered by rubber bands. Right. So maybe if you were lucky, you could you know if you could find some even stronger rubber bands or something. But then it'd probably end up breaking the plastic. Um, and like the board wasn't that big. I I think there, a lot of it was. Uh, your guys did get mashed and crushed, and you have to start all over again. And then it was the first one to make it out uh, alive of the 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 grapery, the the jam factory. <laughs> you know, um, you were the winner. So it was all about. But then again, who wants to win that game? So if you're that little grape, you made it out alive in one piece. Meanwhile, all your friends died a horrific death at your hands. Can you really live with yourself after that? 
Um, I mean, you're, you're gonna just going to become a raisin anyway. You're definitely going to have some type of PTSD, and don't we all become raisins at some point, Squeezer? That's a good point. Uh, I, now, I know you're probably going to mention this, but I, when I was researching this game, I saw that it's still out in a different version as Play-Doh's Smashed Potatoes. Oh, yes. The, Smashed Potatoes, which is, yeah, it's pretty much the roughly the same thing. Um, but th this game, what's weird is like, this is like almost like part of my childhood. Like this, I remember this. I, I didn't have, I played it a lot because other, other friends had, you know, that was the cool thing too. Like you didn't have to have it. Someone had this game, you had this game. So, you know, you would spread the love depending on what house you want to go to. Unless, you know, you went to the friend's house with Fireball Mountain and they never wanted to play and you <laughs> would get infuriated. Um, but this one... As much as I think, like, I remember this constantly, it's just that the jingle stuck in my head. This was only out there for, like, a year before it got pulled off the shelf. Right. I, I remember it for its commercial. It had that stop motion yeah, exactly. commercial, and um, it was just so appealing. Like, I think it played, it might have been out for a year, but it played as much as a commercial that existed for 10 years in that one yes. year. Yes. Um, it, yeah, from it ran, it... I was think, in stores in 1992. I think parents didn't buy it out of like spite, because I didn't know anyone it, who owned this. Did you have it? I didn't. No, oh, okay. uh, friends, friends did, uh, and we played that. And it was one of those things where you know, even to, to go through the little bit of effort to set it up. Um, right. That's why um, Splat was so easy. It was just put the board out, you make your little bugs, and you, you're going. It's like a yeah. real simple game. And and you can really uh, splat them, whereas with Grape Escape, like I said, it, it was fun yeah, and kind of sadistic too. Well, I mean, kids were getting off on torturing these little grape things. I mean, don't tell me it's like you were just thinking, "Oh, look at me! I I ruined the Play-Doh." No, you were pretending that this was <laughs> Sally who was kissing Timmy, and you like Timmy. So now Sally is going to get cut in half with a pair of scissors if she oh, were a grape. Okay. Well, you took it down a weird way, but uh, that's why I made it a girl. I was saying there's something there was something cathartic in uh, smashing, um, splatting your your. Oh my God! I'm looking at this board. This thing is this is more intense. You act like there's only there's four mechanisms, but they're pretty intense. Like this is yeah. This game well, pro I probably costs more. Splat was like. A couple cards and four cans of Play-Doh. Yeah, like this is. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, quite a mechanism. Yeah, this is this is like a device, and um, yeah, yeah, this game probably cost money. That's probably what it was. My mom was like, "No, I'm buying you the twelve dollar splat," and I, which I like. Like I said, there's something cathartic about like, like. Like getting off the couch and doing a Macho Man elbow drop with the splat hand onto your, you know, brother's butt. <laughs> like, it was fun. You know, the California Raisins Capcom Nintendo game was called The Grape Escape? Was it really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, just, Were uh, they escaping something? Yeah, I remember playing it. It was a Capcom game. Uh, I'm sorry, Capcom game. Uh, and then I played it as a. Like um, when I was in college on an emulator on a PC because it was never released, I think. I think it was canceled. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recall it. Right. So, but it was I was playing. I'm like, this is pretty good because Capcom's uh, titles that they had licensed were always 
pretty good. Like, um, of course, DuckTales and Rescue Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, oh, okay, these are solid. These are solid. But uh, I remember you can, you can get the California Raisins Grape Escape ROM, the canceled game. And it's not bad. It's kind of it's kind of fun. That was kind of all over the place here, but uh, yeah. So two two fun Play-Doh games. Uh, my next one is uh, another game my sister had and made us play. Yep. Screwed that up. Here it comes. <laughs> So, in the in the mid to early mid '90s, there was a fascination, and I don't know why, because it was when Jurassic Park came out. But there was a fascination with like friendly dinosaurs, mm-hmm. um, Denver, Dink, yeah, Littlefoot. Uh, but you know, in reality, you would either you would have either been trampled or eaten by these dinosaurs. I would have eaten one. <laughs> Touche. But uh, out of this all came a game called Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. So the game had, you had colors. So if you were like a color, you had a, a couple pieces. And you had to get to a certain spot and stack it. And uh, at a certain point, you would land on the Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur card, which you had to wind up this little plastic green dinosaur and put him on the board. And he fucking went wild. It was like a circle. It was like a fucking... A 13-year-old kid at his first fucking Slayer show uh, in the in the middle of a circle pit, not giving a shit what happens to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Dizzy would just go crazy and knock your... You, you would stack the pieces up, like, then that's how you'd win. Uh, and he would knock your, your pieces right the fuck over and, and just really put you in your place. Uh, but this game, of course, was always... Uh, I don't know why my sister always had fucking games that we'd have to play, uh, but she did. And the the most embarrassing one we talked about in the last episode, uh, Pretty Pretty Princess. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be, you know, glamorous, right? No, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's, there's just like a, a whole, mm, I don't know. Embrace it. Use it as an excuse. Yeah, well, yeah, it was used. No, I mean, this tiara and the earrings. The, the fun part was uh, because back in the in the 90s and 80s, pro wrestlers would have long hair and earrings. You clip on the earrings, you think you're Bret the Hitman Hart or Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know. Did you did you want the bola so you can look like the body? Uh, what what's this? The bo the, Jesse the body. Oh, the boa. Boa. Which was later adopted by a Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Not my Hulk Hogan. Jesse had it first. Jesse had it first. I think they still make a version of Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur from what I was finding. I couldn't get confirmation, but I saw pictures of what looked like a current Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. I also saw releases because there was Pressman here in America, but I saw mm-hmm. Milton Bradley boxes, and I think those were like um, 
UK? UK or Australia. Uh, it, it's strange. Some of these games, like, they are uh, distributed or even manufactured by a number of different companies, depending on, you know, which region it is or uh, just the timing, who gets the license for it. Right. And also they, the way they just cannibalize each other as well. Right. Like a lot of these smaller toy companies um, get bought up by the monsters. Another point of contention I had with uh, this game was it was one of those games where the rules were the youngest player gets to go first. So that, the hell? Oh, yeah. Lisa always got to go first. I, of well, course, no wonder she liked it. got to go second, and Chris was last. But um, So, you know, you had your five pieces. You roll the die, and, uh, the, you know, there's two dice, and you move one piece with the total of uh, each, each die. Um, and if you have two pieces on the board, you could use, like, one die for one piece and the other die for the other piece. Because you have to, you have five pieces total of your color, and you have to like move around the paw prints, and then once you get to the end, stack each other up. But oh, course, those adorable little paw prints! Yeah, little dinosaur paw prints. But you fucking get dizzy going, and um, whoever gets to wind up dizzy, they could place them on the board in any direction they want. So you could kind of strategically try and like off. <laughs> your you can try, but we've learned. From recent, from like, you know, dinosaur documentaries dating back to 1993, that you can't control them. Life will find a way. It's absolutely true. Life finds a way. And, uh, but control, that was the illusion, Ryan. <laughs> uh, what's the ice cream? Is it ginger? It's been no expense. That's good. Eating ice cream. All right. We're, we got off on a Jurassic Park tangent. Yes. Uh, your next pick. Did you want to point out the historical inaccuracy, though, that there wouldn't have been cavemen and dinosaurs? So this game just, I, I, I have to refute that. Oh yeah, but that was like, that was the the cavemen were the only way they could like make the the leap that there were people. Or I mean, how how are they gonna like? How are you going to see yourself in the game, Squeezer? You don't really have to defend that, Ryan. I was just being a dick. Well, I was having fun defending it, so. Oh, well, sorry. You can, you can, you can have a bunch of uh, Dennis Nedrys and Donald Gennaro's and stuff. Yeah, you could have done this as Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic World's coming out. It's a good time to put out like a Jurassic Park version of Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. Ah, uh, moving on. Squeezer, your next pick. The enemy's armed for battle. It's our move, sir. H4. It's electronic talking battleship. The Grohl boat. Heads. With real voice command. Real battle sound. Carrier. Heads. He got us, sir. He's clever. Against the foe or against the computer. We missed. First to sink his enemy's fleet. Win. Battleship. Done. Yeah. What now, sir? Can you swim, Nelson? Battleship and electronic talking battleship from Milton Bradley. You sunk my battleship. So, uh, the one thing I always remember about seeing this commercial is, I always wanted electronic talking battleship, but mm -hmm. I always had to settle for just regular battleship. <laughs> yes. Well, 
Put your imagination and social skills and speaking abilities aside, kids, because we have a computer to do it for you. Um, I always wanted this. So did I. Absolutely. Never had it. No. Uh, but you never had, had you, you, never had anyone that had it. No, like I, a friend I, that had it. It might not I have I, existed. I think I played it once, and then it probably didn't have batteries in it, so I was really just playing Battleship. Um. I mean, I had the regular battleship, and it seemed like it was one of those things where my parents were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Talk. Talk to your friend. Look at them. Communicate with each other. Um, what was weird about it was, like, the other battleship had, like, the flexibility. Like, you could actually be, like, you know, across, like, separate from each other. Right, but still, like this was all one. It, whereas set. this one was tied together, because right. you know the and, and computer the, in it. The beauty, and, and this is why I'm glad I never got um, electronic talking battleship. Mm-hmm. Regular battleship allowed you to cheat. Oh hell yeah, yeah, all the time. Just one little move, but then you get caught. You're like, dude, I just I have seven in a line right now. <laughs> right. How did I not sink right. something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes you try to fool them because you would stack like a destroyer right. and a crew and a cruiser and a carrier like all together, and they get frustrated and then they think you're cheating and they get up and look and you're like, uh, gotcha, you cheated, I win. Um, what do you lose if you cheat? Is that the I would. I flip my board over. It's like cheater, you know, and throw my little white pegs at him. Oh, flipping the board is half the fun of playing video uh, board games to begin with. That's you know why what? there's a board, you, so you could flip it when you're mad. Yeah. In hindsight, yeah, you didn't want to flip this and break it. Nah. Um. In hi- in hindsight, yeah, I don't think I ever actually finished a board game ever. It would always end in an argument. Uh, with the board flip. Yes, with a board. Well, flip. Monopoly always ended a board. Flip. Oh, Monopoly. That's the thing. The beauty right. of Monopoly. It was. It took so long to play. You were guaranteed to get in a fight. Right, and I and well, it was basically basically them ca- catching me cheating somehow, mm-hmm. and like pocketing five hundreds and uh, you know being pissed about it. But come on, what the fuck was I supposed to do? Yeah. You want me to play by the rules? Yeah, this. Are we gonna make this as realistic as possible? One of us has to steal all the money from you. But right. yeah, I'm uh, the one percent in Monopoly. What's that? I'm the. I represent the one percent in Monopoly. I'm the I'll, one. Ju- I'll just sit at free parking and then try to make up rules that I should get money, but officially you just sit there and do absolutely nothing. Wait, what is free parking? Some people have free parking what, rules. It, what it's supposed to be, it's nothing. Right. The official rules, it is nothing. Right. Uh, house rules, for me, it was always any money that was uh, you lost via uh, chance or community chest right. went into the pot, and then you got that. Did, did you see a uh, – there was a version coming out of Monopoly. I don't know if it's out or not yet. Um, that it's called Cheater's version. I did not see this now. And uh, I, I don't know what's different. I'm going to quick look it up. Uh, Monopoly. Monopoly. I, I don't want, I was going to say that this is the oldest game on the list, but I have another game on my list that predates it by, I don't know, a millennia. But yeah, well, we the original did. battleship, like it goes back to like World War One, like it was a pencil and paper game, like and you could see how that makes sense, like you can, you know, just 
you draw your boats in and then give the coordinates and, you know, there you go. And it was 1967, Milton Bradley is when they started making the plastic ones. And then in 77, they did electronic battleship where it would like make the sounds and stuff, but right. it didn't, you still had to put forth the effort to talk to your friend. That's the beauty. You could play this game and not say a word the entire time. Yeah. So maybe this might have been the closest thing to have someone like play a game and not have you like, you know, rage quit because there was no communication between people. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, electronic talking battleship prevented war. Think about it. Did it? Maybe. I don't believe that to be the case. But um, if Saddam and the Ayatollah would have sat down and played this, everything would have been fine. <laughs> Rip Barbara Bush. Oh, and the oh yeah yeah. And then uh oh the cool thing when you powered it up though it did have a little like little eight bit uh, anchors away it would play. Oh, when you would power it up, yeah. which was adorable. You know, and then it made your, your sound, the whistling sound of the shells going, and it would tell you if you miss or you hit. And if you hit, like, the little ship in the red would light up. That was pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I had to I had to sit with the uh, plain old uh, plain old regular battleship, which, don't get me wrong, was quite fun. And I believe me, I put time in. And I definitely played it by myself as well. So... <laughs> You find ways. You gotta find a way. But um, anything on the cheaters monopoly? Oh yeah, uh, you want to hear about it? Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Uh, so it's coming out this fall, and it's a new version of the classic game that not only condones stealing money from the bank and not paying rent when you land on someone else's property, but rewards you for it. Of course, the risks are greater as well. Here's how it works. Beyond the chance and community chests, there are also 15 cheat cards in the game. Five will be placed in the middle of the board, which are player goals. The, great, the cheat cards range from stealing money to removing a hotel from someone else's property to moving, another's player to moving another player's token instead of your own. Get away with it, and you'll get extra money or property. Get caught, and you go to jail. Or worse, the harshest of the punishments from getting caught cheating requires a player to don a handcuff that attaches them to the game. <laughs> there are a few other things that make this dif differentiate the version from the game. There's no designated banker, and some properties are free. Hmm. So. But there's still, you're still playing by rules when playing the cheater version. So you still have to cheat when playing the cheater version. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I still cheat by like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And then as soon as the banker's not looking, you swipe a handful of 500s. Mm -hmm. Oh, I would always keep like some cash too, like under the board. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. if if someone wanted to try to you like leverage me or something, they think like, oh, he has like 500 bucks and I really have like a thousand. Right. Yeah. Did you ever play the card game asshole? When you were like in college or like younger, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So we would play it, and I f kind of forget the rules because I haven't played it for so long. But it's, I, I know yeah. it's about having the getting rid of your cards first. Mm -hmm. So I just stuffed the shitty cards up my sleeve, and I'd, I'd always win. I'd never, I'd never be said asshole. Well, well, I don't. Uh, figure sure. or literally, sure. yes. Uh, 
But my next pick, uh, it's a weird game that um, we had and we played it a few times, but it wasn't that fun. It's Shark Attack. Just roll the dice, and when your color comes up, move your fish fast. The fish that survives will be the winner. So don't be last, or you'll be the dinner. Shark Attack. What are you going to do? It's coming. We had so oh, I'm sorry. There we go. So, awesome as it looked. Uh, y- and you know what? It it was, it was fun because the shark went pretty fucking fast. The game it was intense. So, like you rolled the dice and um, it it would be like a, a color and a number, and you moved how many spots based on that. But mm-hmm. you are if you could easily land on someone else's color, and uh, have to they they'd get to roll the you know roll the, move the spot. So uh, you choose the one of your fish players. There's I think green, yellow, white, and red. And I would always be want to be white because of those old shark bites that came with the gray oh, white yeah. piece. Yeah. So I, for some reason I always wanted to be the white piece. Um, so the shark that would eat you is placed with his teeth resting on the start line. And, uh, you, you choose one player as the roller and reader and the shark is switched on and then you go. And then the roller always rolls both dice and then says out loud, you know, Oh, yellow. And the player who are, you know, whoever has said fish moves it one space along the track. Uh, then it repeats and it goes on. And as it, this goes on, the shark is getting closer to the fish. And um, it, it, it seems like it's going to go slow, but this goddamn fucking shark moves fast. And if, if it, it, you're not moving, if the roller doesn't move you on time, the shark just comes and eats you. Like You could seriously play this by yourself and, and gamble. And see, it's just a lot. It's just a chance game. A game that I could play by myself. Right. So you you set the fish up, and then people are gonna think I didn't have any friends. Here here's a game we could. Here's something we could do on our YouTube. We could uh, do live streaming of playing Shark Attack. Set up a Shark Attack and take bets, and then start the shark up and start rolling it and see who gets to the end because that's basically what it is. Uh, can can we somehow open it up that people can actually place? But we'll create our own OTB and use Shark Attack as the actual. Who needs horses? That's gonna be the future, right. you know. Save shark the attack. greyhounds. Yeah. Instead, we'll just have you know Shark Attack. So there was like a a, um, a Masters edition too, and um, it was to give the shark a a faster start by positioning it at the solid line instead of the dotted line. Because there was two like start lines, mm-hmm. and um, you played. Okay, the... so this was like a, a separate set of rules that you can adjust, or this was a separate game. No, it came with a separate set of rules. Okay, so... I, it wasn't when you said like Masters Edition. I picture like when they came out with that Monopoly game on like the mahogany. Like, no, oh god, deck I wanted that so that bad. Can... It wasn't the most glorious oh. thing in the world. So the, it would be in like ep- like issues of Parade magazine. Yes, and it would it was like a mail away, and it was like this glorious. And it at the time it seemed like it was five hundred dollars, but it was probably only fifty. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that's what rich people play. Right. Like when they're done smoking cigars and murdering poor people in the street, uh, they, they go home and they play this fancy Monopoly that's raised up with with this, which probably, like I say mahogany, and it, it probably was just like Monopoly on an Ikea, you know, box. But right. uh, it looked wonderful. So... The, the master game is, in the regular game, there's one person rolling constantly and moving. So in the master game, you go from left to right, which would be counterclockwise. Uh, or no, I don't, I don't know. I can't do left and right. I can't even read a clock. So you pass. Uh, you start, the, you start the, the, the shark sooner. And instead of having one guy, you just keep passing the dice and calling it out and moving. And you keep passing it. And since you have to pass it, you have to go quicker. Uh, and once a player's eaten, uh, they still have to continue rolling the dice in their turn. So it makes it more of a, a fun and intense game. But so you it's like a hot potato built into Shark Attack. Right. Well, the whole game's like hot potato. And mm -hmm. you, you could play like maybe six or seven or eight to ten games. And it's, it goes really quick. It's fun. Um, so I, I don't know if they still make this, but if they do, or if you can get a board that works, it would be it's fun. Uh, Shark Attack, mm -hmm. we always had fun with. So it's kind of like you look at it and you assume it's just another one of those gimmick games, but the gimmick itself does kind of hold up. Like it's oh, part of I would, it, it, I would the game. So. It's 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 not like there's a game and then there's this mechanism that is kind of just to make it different. The mechanism itself does is the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It looks like uh, in 2004, you know, that CG movie Shark Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made a Shark Tale version of Shark Attack. They, they got the license. They got the license. It was Bill and Bradley, and they re-released it. Um, and it looks like there was a Shark Attack bowling floor game that I really don't know what the rules were. But uh, Shark Attack did have life post uh, this game. So I don't know if it's still out there, but uh, this is something I might want to try and recapture to, to play. I, this is something Enchantress and I could just play on a Friday night, because we are very fun and popular. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it when I'm at the flea markets. I'm sure all the pieces are going to be there, and it'll work just fine. Yeah, we're planning... Uh, well, I just talked to my sister tonight, because Enchantress had to go to work early. But I would love to hit the English Town flea markets up uh, in New Jersey. I don't know if you've ever been. No, no. Yeah, they're I try not to. All right, so... Um, that was Shark Attack. <clears throat> Squeezer. Looks like your next one is uh, the old classic uh, board game that, uh, you know, all the kids are playing these days. Hey, that little boy is playing three games at once. Checkmate. 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 Dang. What's the rule of this show? If you can't find a clip, you know what? You motherfucking fuck. What? I was thinking so hard for a clip for mine. God, you're a genius. Yeah, I know, I know. You're going to appreciate where I went with it, though. But, uh, okay, what, what kind of chess are we talking about? All right, so chess, we believe, was invented in India in the 7th century. So it's made up of various pieces on a checkerboard pattern. And you have your pawns. Now, pawns can move two spaces to start and then one space after that and can capture a piece I, I, diagonally. I, I don't think you have to explain the rules of chess because if people want to play, they know, and people who don't want to play don't want to hear. <laughs> I am talking about uh, the glorious computerized chess of the late 70s and 1980s and even 1990s. 
Um, and in particular, the one that I play that uh, my grandfather had because he had all the cool gadgets and stuff. And for all I know, your dad might have had because I'm speaking of the Radio Shack 1650 uh, uh, fast response. I don't think so. I don't think my dad ever knew how to play chess. No? Oh. No. Well, you could have learned on the Radio Shack 1650 fast response uh, computerized chess machine. Uh, <laughs> this fun. thing, so it's a, just Google the Radio Shack 1650 chess and fast response chess, and you can see what I'm talking about. It's the board, it's like a chess board, and it has... Uh, Underneath each square is actually like a little sensor or a button that you would press down. And you would take your piece and you would oh, like yeah, press I, down the mark spot. These, yeah. And then and then again push down the next spot. And that would be telling the computer where you started and where you ended. And because it starts at like zeroed out, it knows what piece it is depending on where you're starting. So it kind of has a memory and goes from there. Uh, and then the computer has uh there are little lights down the side and little lights across the bottom and so when it was the computer's turn those would light up and you would hit like take that piece and have to do the same thing like press down and mark which that you're moving it and then press down again and mark it where it landed uh and that's how the computer would uh would play you and i loved it because what's the theme of this show me playing with myself uh <laughs> So you kind of take it for granted um, that, all right, like, especially now, too, it's like, oh, this is kind of like a little niche product. But think about the technology and the programming that, like, went into this, especially for the time. Like, it was state-of-the-art. Right. I mean, it was like ni 1950s. Um, there was actually a paper that was, it was called Programming Com Computer for Playing Chess. And, like, this was their idea. Like, this is how they were going to learn and figure out how to create computers and create programming and basically AI, which was, like, the most complex thing that they can think of was to teach a computer to play chess. And, I mean, it took them, like, 50 years, you know, to get one that can basically kick our ass and just don't network it into something because I'm pretty sure it would, too. But, yeah, this thing, it, uh, a 3.6 megahertz processor. Yep. Uh, and 256 uh, bytes of RAM. Yikes. Yeah. It was a, a single 8-bit chip. Okay. For, like, the whole process. I mean, we talk, like, 8-bit, like, this was, like, an 8-bit chip. We ran the whole thing. Um, and released in 1985 uh, by Radio Shack for $80. Yeah, that's, that was a high-ticket item. Yeah, it was pricey. It was one of those, um, I guess in the 90s, you know, Radio Shack was always selling remote control cars and, like, helicopter stuff. Right. Those were their big things. Back in the 80s, it was, hey, we got the chess boards for you. Fucking A. But, yeah, I, I love this thing, and I know, I know for a fact he still has this in his basement, and I'm going to, I got to dig down and I gotta see if he still has it and ask him. But, yeah, I, I, I love this little thing. I spent more time... Um, trying to find this the exact chessboard. Like, I had just scrolling through thousands of Google images of chessboard, electronic chessboards for the '80s before I came across it, 
And uh, yeah, it was the Radio Shack 1650's best response electronic chess computer. Ah, okay. Uh, Made my, in Hong Kong. My next one is almost as old, but uh, not as needed to be smart to be played. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I never said I was smart or any, even good at this. So, Well, mine's named after an onomatopoeia that happens during the game. Start with the sticks, like so, making a bed where the marbles go. You don't want those marbles, not at all. So pick a stick, but don't let them fall. Because if it goes kerplunk, you're so. Kerplunk from Tycho. Kerplunk. You remember, you played Kerplunk, right? Oh, hell yeah. Kerplunk. It yep. was such a basic game. <laughs> so it, it, the base had four numbers on it, one, two, three, and four, and it was four people. Everyone got behind their number. You stick a bunch of these plastic straws in through, like um, uh, kind of like sticking a sword through a magician's assistant, cutting in half type thing. Mm -hmm. And then you made this bed for the marbles to go, like the commercial says, the rap song. You pour all the marbles in, and then people start taking turns pulling out the straws. And the, basically, there's no winner. There's just a loser. Whoever pulls the straw, which causes all the marbles to collapse into the bottom, is the loser. That is interesting. My ne my next one, a very similar game in many respects. And yeah, there was no winner. There's you just you, you pick out the loser. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, I think this is how society should work in the future. Like, when we're like, all right, we're all starving. Someone needs to, we need to draw lots. Let's make it a little more fun. Let's play Kerplunk. <laughs> I think Kerplunk is still sold. It's uh, been still... around. It might be older than chess. It might be. Because I know when the version I played was, like, the one from, like, the, the 50s or the 60s that my grandparents had. So, yeah, that was that was an early one. There were, uh, We talked electronic talking battleship. There was an electronic super talking kerplunk that made, as you pulled the sticks, would make sounds. Um, yeah. Kerplunk had an electronic talking version. Was one of the sounds kerplunk? <laughs> Onomatopoeia all day. It was a good Green Day album, though. Yeah. Green Day's first album, kerplunk. Uh, there was also a uh, uh, Minions kerplunk from Despicable Me. In which Aww, the, adorable. the marbles were shaped like minions, and you couldn't let the minions fall. Uh, someone made a giant kerplunk with uh, balls from a ball pit and uh, just like plastic tubing in what looks like a planter. It was it's pretty it's pretty genius. So uh, with the, it's a tomato cage, yeah, tomato cage. Huh. Make a giant kerplunk game from a tomato cage. Did they um they so they made they made a kerplunk like licensed to have a movie product is there any like did they make a movie out of kerplunk did they try doing that yet oh i'm sure it's in turnaround somewhere they made it out of they made it out of battleships which was basically just any leftover scraps from a transformer movie right. they picked up off the floor and yeah. threw into a timeline no I, I i wouldn't doubt if someone's optioned the script for kerplunk if, if one of those fucking majors the five majors have a fucking rights to kerplunk it wouldn't if not, me. let's go do let's make it my version, like a post apocalyptic or you play uh, Lord of the Flies survive. and they have to play Kerplunk to uh we can have Nicolas Cage in it. <laughs> How in the name of Zeus's butthole did 
after we get out of our cell. I'll show you. Right now, I'm just picturing him burning alive. <laughs> Wicker man. Welcome to the rock. I was talking the rock. I was, I, yeah, I know, but I was. You took it a different Wicker way, man. All right, uh, you're, the one you were talking about. Here it is. Let's let's hear what it is. What's the cool new game everybody's running to get? It's thin ice. Come on, thin ice. Come on, thin ice. Take the tweezer in your hand and pick a marble from the thin ice. Come on, thin ice. Come on, thin ice. Oh, we had this. Another press, another pressman game, another game of uh, marbles, gravity, and losers. This is a wet tissue, right? Yeah, yeah. So you would take, um, there was um, a base, and then uh, like uh, like a tower structure, and then another ring, and then a, like a locking ring that you would take off. Right. So, uh, and then you would lay a tissue down. Right. Put the locking ring back on, tear the tissue, take it back off, get another tissue, put it on, tear it a couple more times before you finally got the tissue to hold in place. Right. And then and you had to there spray was an, water on it, right? Yeah, there was an outer ring. Well, no, because there was an outer ring that you would put a little bit of water in, and then the marbles would sit in that. Right. Oh, uh, and, and then get, using get wet, yeah, using they, yeah. The uh, the tweezers with the racially insensitive Eskimo on it <laughs> um, to then pick up the marbles, and then you would have to place them uh, on on the tissue and build them up before it would break. And uh, uh, that person, that would be the last one to place the marble on the tissue and then breaking it would then, you know, be considered the loser. Which in real life, it's a very fun game of, you know, drowning um, under a sheet of ice if you think about the horrificness that this game represents. Um, <laughs> they say like freezing horrible. to death is like a calm comes over you and you just fall asleep. Yes, but when you're gasping for air with your face pressed against a sheet of glass and you yeah, can see life different. just inches in front of you, um, it's different than like being in a cave with an airplane and having MacGyver find you, you know, so many years later. That's true. Um, but fun game. Uh, this is one of those ones that like my sister and I played constantly, um, just because it was like so simple. And, uh, you know, she didn't, she hated all the, the strategy stuff. She didn't, she didn't want to play, uh, like risk with me or access and allies, which there was ironically strategy, strategy to this. It like what, it, the, the, like the tensile strength of the tissue. If you, I was just going to say tensile strength where I was going to show off how smart, look at how smart we are. Look at us in words. Yeah. You could figure out the tensile strength of the tissue and, and place your marble strategically. Um, it was probably like if you placed in at, at the edge, right. You would, you would last longer than in the middle. Yeah. But eventually it would start to stretch a little bit. So they would start rolling to the middle, Roll the middle, right. Um, and then you got to look like, is that, when they roll and if they click, do they create an impact? So yeah, maybe, maybe we we play some uh, thin ice and we try to develop some actual strategy to it, perhaps. Right. And I, ironically, I talk about uh, 
I mentioned like Access and Allies. Uh, this game was it wasn't created by, but it was designed by Larry Harris Jr., who created Access and Allies. So it's like the two biggest stretches you can imagine, like a complex. I mean, for me, somewhat complex. Like you go on like uh, board game geek and like, oh, <laughs> Access and Allies. That's for children. I'm like, yeah, well, it's hard for me. Okay, all right. Uh, to this game, which is a very simple, you're literally dropping, gravity is pulling marbles uh, through a Kleenex. And right. you're kind of just along for the ride. Right. Yeah. A very fun ride, mind you. Oh, yeah, it was a fun ride. But it, this was like I, almost as much of a pain in the ass as Kerplunk was to set up. Like getting that yeah, tissue th just right. Yeah. Oh, you would tear all the time. And it came with like a Especially small... Especially like around the edges. It came with like a small pack of five tissues, so... <laughs> and you'd use the first one. Yeah. Just, I'm stuffy. Yeah, right. Um, ooh, ooh, you can get scented ones. Mm. Oh, I don't think they even make those anymore. Now they just say scented with Vicks. Mm. Um, but, and again, it's one of those things just like um, uh, Grape Escape. Like, that commercial sticks in your head. Um, I, I can sing that ad nauseum for no uh, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kids are just having so much fun. They should really be wearing coats, though. It looks cold out there. <laughs> okay, uh, you get you bring up a good point. Um, but here's my pop culture pick to describe my last thing. I should have went with Simpsons. I'm actually jealous, but mine's all right. It all around about oh, 0200 hours. Now be careful, R2. He made a fair move. Screaming about it can't help you. Let him have it. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But, sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. That's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. So... When I was a kid and I saw Star Wars for the billionth time, I was always mm -hmm. jealous of they'd be able to play a game while they were driving in their, you know, flying car uh, of chess. But I would later stumble upon, which became really popular in the late 80s, early 90s, but the magnetic travel games that you'd get at like the supermarket or the dollar store. Oh, yeah. And particularly the double chess checkers ones that it would, it would be like black and white and it, checker pieces, but there would be the, the chess pieces on like pictures on top of the checkers. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah. You could play either chess or checkers. And that's what really introduced me to chess. So it's basically this this sideboard. It's, a, it's about the size folded up as a, of a slice of uh, Elio's pizza. Maybe, maybe smaller. Mm -hmm. A little uh, smaller, maybe. Yeah, and then like you'd fold it out and you get the full board, and inside were all the little magnetic pieces, and so they'd cling to the board. So if your if your dad and his Ford Bronco hit a bump, your pieces wouldn't fly everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then so, not, I I played checkers and checkers eventually bored me, and it, I tried to figure out how to play chess, 
So uh, I would constantly try to get people to play chess with me, and no one wanted to play chess with me. Uh, but they would eventually make other uh, magnetic games, like they make like a rip off of shoots and ladders and random mm-hmm. stuff. And then they'd come up with those games we talked about in the first episode, flip siders that would look like a cassette and had the flip out board and the magne- magnetic pieces. But really, the creme de la creme, the you don't mess with the classic chess and checkers was always the best of those games. Uh, mm-hmm. And for some reason, they only really sold them in like the supermarkets, like a, like the toy aisles, uh, or you know, you know the old shitty supermarket toy aisle. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or you, like, you can, or you can buy like a, one of those little paratrooper with the plastic uh, yeah, parachute exactly. and stuff. Uh, or the ninety nine cent store, which was really big back in the, in the day at the Dollar Tree. Uh, I, I'm sure they still exist today, but probably not as big because every kid yeah, has you, a everyone has a phone. You don't have to. Yeah. But back in the day, we didn't have that, so this was the only <laughs> option. And you know, you, you couldn't always play your Game Boy. So yeah, if there wasn't, if your Game Boy batteries died, or there wasn't an, any light for it to play your Tiger Electronic game, right? Like, <laughs> Which you that all like that didn't keep your interest as long as. Uh, uh, chess and checkers did that was so no. fucking oh no this was this was like the road trip this was like mandatory and this was like one of the first things you packed yeah oh yeah absolutely 100 percent. uh so yeah that's my last pick uh let's take a look at your last pick uh because the night's winding down and people want to know Oh, you pulled a little of uh, the Turtles live on tour for us. Yeah, it worked out perfectly because we are talking Teenage Mutant Turtles Pizza Power game. Oh, okay. Which I think we might have talked about in the Ninja Turtles episode, but that was so long ago, I figured, you know what? It's worth revisiting. Fuck it. They, they did a lot with pizza and the Ninja Turtles, obviously, and... Um... Uh, they 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 had the which you had, but the pizza shooting, uh, turtle mobile right? Mm-hmm. The yeah, uh, uh, pizza shooter, uh, which was featured as a cartoon on the bag of Ninja Turtles Pizza Crunch of Bungas. Uh, remember mm-hmm. that snack? And of course, the Pizza Hut tie-in of the Turtles Live on Tour, featuring the song Pizza Power. You're and, saying that they took advantage of us as children. Well, nothing gives you power like the nap you take after eating five slices <laughs> of pizza. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's I absolutely adore this game. I, I don't um, know. If, I, don't, I don't think I know it. Let me look it up. Uh, very colorful. Uh, complex in a strange kind of way especially for a kid it might be a little confusing to you uh and as an adult it might be confusing to you like why would i do that um but yeah so you have your your, your typical board game and in it though there's some oh, like god we cool... had this what's that we had this and never knew how to play it yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> there there were some cool like scenes laid out uh, across the board um 
of like the turtles like eating pizza, like driving the uh, the party wagon or you know fighting Shredder. Krang. And but they were color coded and the Krang. Well, the Technodrome was in the middle, which was hidden by the spinner, which like classic spinners, if you go to try to spin it, you end up just kind of flicking the spinner across the board and knocking mm-hmm, everything right, out. Right. So you really had to pin that thing down. Right. Um, but if you pinned it down too much, then the spinner doesn't spin at all. So a tricky balance. Uh, Take some dexterity God, to, uh, this to was play this game. Licensed by Rose Art. I'm looking at the artwork on the cover of the fucking game. What mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles were they basing this off of? Fuck, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't... I was trying to... Remember if it was like um, uh, Skeeter from Doug, or um, is this is this what uh, Michael Bay used to design his Ninja Turtles? No, because I would have killed for these. Yeah, it probably would have been better. Yeah. Um. So, but in those scenes, you they would lay out um, your your villain cards um, would go there, and the idea was. You had to collect uh, your hero and villain cards moving across the board and then make your way to the Technodrome. Uh, and you had to do it by... So there was this flipper, which was like almost like a little... It was a lever, like a little seesaw. Yeah, a little seesaw. seesaw for dice. Yeah. And so the part of the game was there was a place to put the die and then a one, two, and a three... <laughs> And depending on what like the numbers corresponded on like the villain card, you would have to try to flip flick that and land it in that or higher, I believe. Um, and that's how you would collect those cards There's a couple until you had putting this shit uh, together. the seven cards to make it to the Technodrome. Uh, so what's with the spinner? Three of the space, three of the options say move anywhere, and then the one says, I think. Lose a bad guy. Uh, yeah, lo- lose a good guy card. Lose a good guy card. But then yeah. the other three spaces just say go anywhere. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you can go to any of the pizza slices. Oh uh, okay. The and then there's and then, manhole covers, a little cardboard yeah. manhole covers. So the manhole covers, you can move if you land on the sewer cover, you or move on, land on, move a sewer cover. Heesh. And we go with the English language again. You can then move one, and then you can kind of use them as like warps to bounce around the board. Oh. Yeah, because you had to collect. You couldn't have like the same card. You had to have different cards. Like you had to have like a, a green shredder and a like a purple krang, and you can have a orange shredder. You just couldn't have like two green shredders. You know what I mean? Um, and then of course, like also the 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 figures themselves are a little square. Um, little rectangles with pictures of the turtles on it, and they would like be clipped down in their little bases, so they would stand up, and you'd move them around the board, and eventually you get to the Technodrome, and then the final battle at the Technodrome was you had to use the flipper again. Now this is where some athleticism comes in, um, and you would have to flip it and get one of each number. A one, two, and three—not necessarily in that order—in four tries. Jeez. Yeah, the, the game got a little frustrating at that point. Um, but you can make up some house rules, like oh, we'll do it in like five or six tries, or there's no limit. You just keep going until you get done, because at that point, mom doesn't want to play this damn game anymore. 
Um, why don't these things look like anything that I bought you? Right. Um, yeah, that Rock was... Rocksteady uh, looks like Rocksteady. And Splinter is pretty... Splinter's all right. Close but the, to being there. Yeah. But yeah, the turtles definitely look like they all, all like got their faces stuck in uh, the the sliding door at a clover. Uh, yeah, well, what he said, he broke up there, but what he said, it looks like they got their faces stuck in the electric door at Clover, which only happened oh, to me. Oh, man, really? The internet stepped on my joke? Yeah, well, I got it. It only happened to me, and I'm the Ninja Turtles, but uh, this was a fun episode. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun going back. Again, I just, I would love to be that guy who could just play board games all day. It's fun would? to me. Take away my electricity. Do it. In well, fact, I think I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the electric company, and I'm gonna try doing a week without any electric in our house. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Mrs. Screech is gonna love that. Yeah, she doesn't know. We won't, uh, we won't be able to do a podcast for a week though. <laughs> Just um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I have no joke for that. It's okay. it's 1:45 in the morning. I have no <laughs> joke for that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on this ride, exploring board games from our past part two. Uh, we'll be back. There, there's got to be a part three, right? Eventually, yeah, we'll get one. Yeah, Next year, we're going we're gonna to probably rehash it again. Next yeah. week, though, uh, in, in celebration of uh, Avengers Infinity War, we're talking everything retro Marvel. Uh, so this is going to be a wormhole. Yeah, well, absolutely. So it should be fun. Uh, nothing's off the table. That's Marvel and retro. It doesn't have to be MCU. It doesn't have to be anything. If it's Marvel and it's retro, we're talking it. So make sure to tune in for that one. And thanks for listening. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Have a good one.